words appear. The email addresses and groups mentioned in this program are no longer available. The Blind Handyman Group does exist in its new incarnation on groups.io. To join, send a blank email to blindhandyman plus subscribe at groups.io. That's blindhandyman plus subscribe at groups.io. Alternatively, you can join our Blind Handyman Facebook group. Links will be in the description box below. talking about building, repairing, and maintaining, all designed, of course, with the blind in mind. Here are the hosts for the Blind Handyman, Don Shaw and Don Patterson. Hi, guys. That's right, Mr. Tom. Mr. Pat, are you here? Uh, uh, present Pat's in the house. Okay, my name's Tom Houston, and the creator and producer, ladies and gentlemen, of the Blind Handyman uh, is none other than the one and only Phil Parr. You know, <laughs> wouldn't it make sense if, if you know, like when you, when you start the thing, when you go, Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Blind Handyman Show to say Blind Handyman Show number 39. Oh, That way okay. we'd have that on the show at the beginning of every show. But if he says it on every show, then it'll be wrong, because if he can't go, this is show number 39, <laughs> next time I'll be Get out of town. <laughs> well, is this 39? He's kind of set in his way sometimes. Yeah. If you tell him to do it, he's going to do you it. Can, you may just say 39 on every show. Every Problems. show would be 39. <laughs> well, uh, so what do you think, Shaw? Is that a good answer? Good answer? I think it's fun idea. Now, this chain, oh. I used to take this little chain. Attach it to a plug. Plug it to a plug. It's a <laughs> private chain and plug routine. Private joke. The old chain and plug routine. You folks that uh, are enlightened know what I'm talking about. These guys don't. <laughs> Country folks Country here. Country folks that... here don't understand. Anyway, this is thirty. This is thirty-nine. This is thirty-nine. That's just amazing. Oh, thirty-nine. We almost got a work week listen. of shows done, don't and we? And so we've got them all on MP3 now. Uh, I think there's several. When Doug Rose was going to do that for somebody, wasn't he? he, didn't he? Yeah, I think so. And it kind of set up that we, but we've got them on the, I guess we really ought to offer them, you know, to send guys one. I guess you could. 
we probably send should send us a self-addressed stamped envelope to I don't know where you'd send it, folks. And, and, and then don't forget that contribution. Don't forget yeah. that love offering. <laughs> yeah, the, the car talk guys have inflation. <laughs> they always try to get people to send them a twenty-dollar bill. It's inflation now. They want a twenty-one-dollar bill. Twenty-one-dollar <laughs> bill. And they're giving away twenty-six-dollar gift certificates to the shameless commerce division of car talk. I'm a big car talk fan. Car anyway, talk. I guess if somebody just had to have a an MP3 of the uh, Blind Handyman shows, we could probably send them one, couldn't we? Oh, I suppose we could do yeah, that. We you certainly could, could. You could email us on the list, or my email address is philpartxucom.net. Email us, and we'd, 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 surely we won't have too we'll many. see what we could do. Folks with uh, Some folks, I guess, still have dial-up connections, so it'd, it'd be, well, it'd be I th- downloading. I think Dale Levins has a dial-up connection. He was the other day I saw on the list. Yeah. He can't get, uh, can't get the big stuff where he is, so he, I think he's the one that wanted them all in MP, MP3 compressed so he could uh, well, by God, we've got them now, don't we? We can do it. Don has done it. We're all set up. He's fixing to delete them from his hard drive. That's what the mm-hmm. deal is. Remove them from your six gig hard drive. You, you hear need that to, hard drive scream, boy, relief. You need to you need to just buy another eighty gig hard drive and put it That's in drive D, man. Probably true. I mean, how much are they? Expand a little bit, huh? Six gigs is just not. I, my, I think my watch has that much. Probably, it? <laughs> it probably does. That's a fact. This day and time, the way things are. Yeah, boy. All right, what has happened since we talked last? I guess very little. Tom has our email ready to. I do indeed. Bust out there. I do indeed. It says, "Hello, handyman. Just wanted to let you know that my ceiling is all patched up. Actually, it was done last week. I intended to email you then." But I didn't get it in time. Sorry about that. It turned out real well. It took a few days because the mud had to dry. In an attempt to match the texture and the ceiling, I suggested we mix a little bit of sand in with the paint, and it worked out just fine. My friend says that the next time we paint, the patches will disappear completely. The next thing I'm planning to do is put new styrofoam insulation on the trap door to my attic. It's needed done for a while now. So in closing, I say keep up the good work and give Frankie Brown a pat on the head for me. And this is from Dave and Patricia Farron. Frankie Brown. All yeah. right. So this is the guy that was putting up, the, that took the lights down. Remember we had him as a guest? He took, uh-huh. these, took these lights down, and he was going to put up new lights, but he couldn't do it right then. There was some deal. And so he put, he was really unique. He put CD blanks in the holes. Yeah, up in the holes. And yeah. so, probably of used blind handyman shows. Probably. Probably the MP3 we sent it. <laughs> probably. <laughs> they, they make fun of me. Back back behind Shaw over there, I've got a whole thing, one of the big large sleeve. I've probably got, I probably got 75 uh, blanks that I've used that just didn't work. For some reason, didn't work out. Coasters. Coasters. And they, they make fun of me for keeping them, but, you know, if you ever want to patch a hole in the ceiling. But one day. Patterson? Yes, over at Sunset, my little rent house at Sunset, right. they, when they changed the air conditioner, they took the old one out, but they had to cut a stud to get the old one out. I don't know how the hell they got, they got it in, but to put the new one in, they had to cut a stud, so there's a big hole in the wall over there. You suppose uh, my old friend Don, one of my best friends, known him for years, you know, Don and I are good friends. We've known each other for you could help me patch that sheetrock. I, uh, I could. Could you? Yeah. Well, we do, just cut it out square and take some sheetrock and go over there and patch it. Yeah, or just... <clears throat> I was trying to think if I had, but I don't have a sheet. We'd just have to scrounge up a, a you know, go see how big the thing is first. What size can you buy sheetrock? And you have to buy uh, it in four by eight four sheets? Four by eight, yeah, but what's, you're talking seven bucks. Um, I sure would like to cut square that hole. Cause I'm going to have to do something. My brother-in-law said buy a piece of pretty plywood and paint it and put it over it. But that's a temporary, you know, I'm going to have to do something. Yeah, okay. We can go look at it and see. I, now, I've got mm. a piece of paneling if we that we could square up. How big a piece? Well, it's, uh, uh, it's 
It's eight by something. I've used a part of it, but it's well, eight by thirty inches. But we, a, but we could patch probably both. You know, even if we had to cut it, probably I could really patch soon. the seams. Anyway, let's look at that. This maybe this weekend we can All right. ease over there. We're going to the cattle company Friday night. Right. Anyway, I got to do something. This lady's about to drive. Yeah, me. Did we invite Mr. Houston to, to the, cattle, to the cattle, cattle, cattle company? Yes, we did. Oh, yeah, you go, I'm invited. I'm, I'm he won't, you won't invited. go. I may make I may. that a you, you One never knows. Well, you could, you could, you know, if Cleta doesn't want to go, just say, I'm going whether you want to or not, Cleta. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that, out. Houston. Listen, or right, I'll tell you what, we'll make it better Bye, than that. Cracky. Mr. Right. Houston, we'll make it easier on you than that. We'll call her and tell her that. <laughs> <laughs> What's this? <laughs> we'll call her and say I don't that. think you want to. I don't want you to make it any easier. Patterson, <laughs> Patterson obviously has a mouse in his pocket uh-huh. again with this wheat. I ain't calling her. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hey group, I'm working in a rehab center that's moving to a non-visual approach to teaching. Now we're in the early transition, sta- transition stage where the staff has started to perform tasks under blindfold. Now I would like to have input from you. So far the biggest problem is the fear of the power tools. Does anybody have any suggestions for dealing with this fear? It will be a serious problem for the industrial arts instructor to expect students to perform tasks when fear holds them back. Now, I'm looking for any coping well, suggestions. Yeah. Uh, maybe having some coping techniques will help put the instructor at ease. I sure appreciate your input, Tammy Carruthers. He's, he's always going to be scared of them because he's not used to being blind. He's the sighted instructor, and he has no business being blind. Take the blindfold off. Quit that. That's silly because he's always going to be afraid of them. You're never going to get him where he isn't because he's used to seeing. I mean, you know, eight years from now, he might be comfortable with them. But to begin with, with a blindfold on, he's never going to be comfortable with it. Yeah, it'd with take a, a while. It would take forever for the guy. Take the thing off and watch the blind person. You know, you need, if you're teaching a blind guy to operate power tools, you need to be able to see, guy. Well, you know, you know? Th- I've been in education a few years, and I'll tell you what, that is, this is a move that's taking place nationwide. And, uh, and uh, Chris Cole up here in Austin is doing the same thing, insisting that... Everybody go under blindfold, and you know it's just a natural instinct. And I've found it the case with all of my students. If they're blind, they're blind. If they're partially sighted, they want to use the sight they have, and sure it would be do. and it would be stupid for me to try to blindfold the partially sighted ones or the. So well, you know, why don't anyway, we blindfold Houston and have him run the board? Yeah, it's a, <laughs> I mean that's just that would be pretty what a deal that'd be. Would it? Oh man! Well, I mean, you, you you might learn to do it, but you're always going to be afraid, and you're always going to think you're going to you know a, a sighted person that's blindfolded is terrified anyway because they can't see because they're used to depending 70 percent of the information that comes to your brain comes through your eyes you and don shaw got to me the other day we were talking just sitting around the old table there in the playroom talking the Uh other day about drinking not being able to see (laughs) darkness yeah. You know, now I've never realized that. I always thought if I just closed my eyes and everything was black, yeah, that that's the way a blind person no, perceived no, things. No, 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 no. But then Shaw and Phil too both informed me that you see nothing. I mean, it's like yeah. looking out your ear or something. Yeah, I can see as well with my ears. I can't. My eyes are yeah. both plastic, so I okay. can't. Yeah. But you blindfold a guy if he's used to seeing, and he's going to be terrified. He wouldn't. I tell you what, he won't do something else. He won't do. He won't ride in the car blindfolded because it'll scare him to death to hear. Whoosh, <laughs> going by you, it'll, you're going. Oh Texas, my I guarantee God. you it would. That's I, you know, and, but don't blindfold the instructor. I'm against that. Other people may have opinions, and I, I uh, they're wrong, of course. But uh, you know, <laughs> my I humble. Mean, I would but, just have to say, if they, you know, that instructor's, it's going to be a whole learn where the blind person has already learned in a sense how to be blind 
the instructor, if he's going to be under blindfold, uh, I, my advice would be be careful. Pa- power tools, yep. power saw, a power saw is no different for me to operate the table saw than it is for you to operate the table saw. Don't put your finger again the blade while it's turning, Clyde, because it's going to hurt you if you uh, do. It will. It's the same exact thing. Keep your hands in your pocket. Make, make sure you know where your hands are at all times. Be very careful. Make sure you know what you're going to do before you do it. Don't start the table saw and then start. I scoot the wood up as close to the table saw as I can get it without it touching the blade yep. and against squarely against the fence. That way I'm ready to go. I never start the table saw and then slap the wood up there. I always get ready. Robert asked me when he put this uh, this little uh, router table together for me, why do you get so close to the router? Well, I get close because I want to know where I want to know my perspective. I know that the next push I make is going to route this piece of wood or cut it. And I know where my hands are. I know the distance that I need to keep them from the blade. And if, if you're in doubt, put a C-clamp or a wood clamp on this piece of wood and push it through the table saw. Uh, a drill is no problem. I mean, take an idiot to drill a hole in his finger. Remember when this boy, and I'm not going to call his name, put his finger in the vice at the blind school and just tightened it up? Duh. <laughs> now, Titus, can you remember that? You were here in the classroom. You just, <laughs> that's right. and that kid was really dumb. But I tell you what, Tom Houston has an email uh, there to read almost along the same lines All of right, advice and tool I, I do, as a matter of fact. Go ahead. Anyway, I, would, I wouldn't blindfold the instructor. Have them, you know, let them learn how to use the power tool and then teach the blind person. But I certainly would like to hear other opinions on that. Yeah. Okay, here's a guy that has an opinion on as far as tools or new tools are concerned. He says, I think that another very important thing when introducing a person to a new tool is not to say, don't do this or that and leave it there, but to say exactly what will happen if you do this or that. I agree. Humans, being very inquisitive species, will, if told not to do something without being given the reason why they should not do it, will say to themselves, I wonder what will happen if I do that. And we'll yep. put the thought into action, often with disastrous results. Uh, I heard a man, not a blind one, who was being shown how to use a matching, or rather a machine that made bolts. Mm-hmm. A steel rod was poked into a hole, and then a guillotine came down and chopped it to length. Don't put your finger in the hole, said the foreman to the trainee. Uh, when left to himself and getting kind of bored with just feeding steel bars into the hole, the trainee thought, well, I can get my finger in and out of that hole between the guillotine strokes. So he yeah. put his finger in. But what the foreman hadn't told him was is that behind the hole and in front of where the guillotine blade came down, <laughs> a vice closed and held the bar in place while it was being cut. <laughs> and uh, that little food for thought there was from yeah. Joel Blanche. Thank you, Joel. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. I figured out Jewel Blanche is a, is a is a female or a male person. Maybe I, I had an aunt Jewel, so I would say yeah. female. But Could I, mean, be I don't know. I guess he or she will let us know. I apologize if I'm what wrong. is the what is the the uh, the women's golfing association says you, in order to play in this association you must have been born, born a woman. A woman yeah. So we'll have no transsexuals in our golf thing here. Right. <laughs> anyway, remember that if I, I know I told this story about the razor. I had this razor one time. It's a great razor, and what it did is it counted. Of course, it was useless to me. But it counted. You you put it on the charger and charge it up. It would it would sh- it would shave you ten times before you had to charge it again. And it counted the times. Each time you turned it on, this little clicker went. And I showed this to Pat. So what did he do? Turned it off and on two or three times for me. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know. So that just shows you. He's you're, starting, been like this. you're starting out on shave number eight. <laughs> he's he's been like this all his life. It didn't this didn't didn't just start. 
All right, go ahead, Tommy. Uh, okay, this was in response to the uh, the, the rehab center uh, thing I, re I read yeah. to begin with a while ago. Yeah. It says that it's crucial that the instructor be confident uh, in not only his ability to teach the class safety, but believe that a blind person can and will use them safely and productively. That's true. Without that being first, uh, the student, although learning a new skill, is not stupid and will pick up on the instructor's apprehension in getting the message, do what I say and not what I believe. I would also ensure that the student is being stretched a bit past the fear, but in steps that build confidence. For some, it might be driving a nail in without the nail being the fingernail. Others, yeah. it might be using a drill press or hand drill. and others, it might be a saw. It is important uh, the instructor have a good feel for his student's abilities and where he or she is at uh, with wisdom of taking chances unnecessarily or being wisely cautious. Uh, the instructor, if sighted, should be able to perform the task under blind folks so he or she... Under blind uh, folds. Under blind folds, that's true, F-O-L-D-S. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he or she knows what his or her student is experiencing, and this also gives the student confidence and underlying reassurance that the instructor can do it as well as the same uh, as him being the student. No, I don't agree with that, but anyway. Okay. Well, with each tool, there are certain specific things to teach any new user as in a skill saw, uh, make sure the blade is backed off uh, the stock to prevent hanging up, uh, possibly kick back, and ex et cetera. Ensure the power cord is not tangled under or near the blade, basically general safety skills. One may, with very fearful people, let them run the tool without a blade or bit to get the feel and build confidence. And still respect and not fear for the tools, building on small successes after small successes until away they go building their project like anyone else. And this came from Brad Dunce, or Dunce. Yeah. Dunzy. Dunzy. We've had him on. Yeah. Good fellow. Yeah. But I don't know. There may be, maybe there's some merit to blindfolding. I'd like to hear from some instructors. Who yeah, we need to hear from some instructors. That's a fact. Because they, you know, they, of course, they're perspective. Our old buddy John Sled, Pat, mm -hmm. always told a story about the guys at Seeing Eye that were, they were blind, they blindfolded the instructors, and they had them blindfolded a week, and, of course, they had to eat like this. And one of them was peeking under his blindfold and snatching uh, uh, meat off the other one's plate, and the other one stabbed him. <laughs> you know, so they were both cheating. That tells a story, doesn't it? You know, they were both cheating. <laughs> they were. Uh, yeah, they were both cheating on the thing. And uh, yeah. so that, I, I don't know about instructor, instructors. I would like to hear some other schools of thought. Maybe I would, too. Maybe on the new show, we'll get some instructors on. I was we'll, just we'll, fixing to say that might be a good, be a topic, good topic for the new week. show. I'll yeah, get it. the pro and con. You know? Pro yeah. and con of yeah. blindfolding they, instructors, yeah, right? Because Chris Cole is doing that now. Yeah, big time. No choice. Yeah. Wow. Well, changing world. Government. Boy. Government. Sometimes government people just decide things. They, whether it's best for blind people or not is doesn't make any difference. It's what they've decided. Uh, yep. Well, one comment they, they made just in this last email, you know, is the instructor being blind so he can experience what the blind guy's going through. But on the other hand, the blind guy could never experience what the instructor is cited, so I don't yeah. see the point. If you want to blindfold him, blindfold him for six or eight years, yeah. like, they, like they blindfolded Dale Campbell for eight years. Yeah. And he's done quite yeah. well as a blind person, but he knows that sight is never coming back. Yep. Anyway, we'll uh, we have a guest. The desk is uh, who is it? It's uh, it's Walter Gramza from Lancaster, New York. And Another he'll be polka with band us guy, today. right? Another polka band guy. So you'll have fun with him. We'll be back with Walter Gramza and more of the Blind Haiti Man Show in just a minute.
not broadcast. This is Steve Mazura. He's welcome from the Aussie Kaleidoscope. Maybe on the air. I'm Roger Cool. The KJS Show. Hi, this is Patrick Purdue from the, the ACBRI DJs are hard at work creating personal web pages about their shows, the music they play, and even a bit about themselves. Now we're accumulating these web pages into the ACB Radio Interactive Broadcasters Web Ring, where you can learn more about the personalities behind the microphone. Go to www.acbradio.org, then choose the interactive link. From there, you can choose the link that will take you to the ACB Radio Interactive Broadcasters Web Ring. Latest breaking news stories, visit the ACB Radio Newsroom at www.acbradio.org. All the news, all the time. From the world's leading news organizations like CNN, the BBC, the New York Times, the Toronto Star, the Wall Street Journal, and more. That's all the news, all the time, in the ACB Radio Newsroom at www.acbradio.org. ACB Radio Mainstream now delivered live to your phone in the UK using phoneanything.com. The internet over the phone. www.phoneanything.com. As well as ACB Radio Mainstream, the cafe, ACB Radio Treasure Trove. You can hear live unpredictable internet on the ACB Radio Interactive. ACB Radio Interactive. Playing music from the 1930s and 40s. The 50s and 60s. The 1970s. 80s and 90s. The hits of the new millennium. ACB Radio Interactive comes to you from at least six time zones on three continents, bringing you the very best of country, top 40, classic and modern rock, new age, folk, the rare stuff out of the 50s, jazz, easy listening, adult contemporary, and more. Live, unpredictable internet radio. ACB Radio Interactive. Listening to the Blind Handyman on the ACB Radio Mainstream, the talk of the blind community. Our email address is blindhandyman at hotmail.com. If you would like to be part of the show, leave us a phone number and we will contact you soon. Now, here's more of today's show with Phil Parr. Don, you missed your chance there. I did. Big yeah. opportunity. Go, go ahead. You're on. Go ahead. <laughs> Anyway, we're back in for this go-round, and uh, our, our guest this, this session is uh, Walter Gramza. Uh, they call him Mr. Piano Repair. How are you doing today, Walter? Oh, very good, Don, and I really enjoyed um, chatting with, uh, with you yesterday on yeah. the phone. It was uh, great to do that, and I hope to get to do more of that with you and also um, like to... Um, invite you know phil and uh don patterson to give a call uh on some off-air time sometimes as well as yourself and where we can uh, perhaps chat and share well what about what about well, tom houston I, I just don't even want to talk to you <laughs> <laughs> you forgot about tom houston don't forget me walter oh okay and tom as well yeah sorry well. sir i was going to get to you yeah. all right <laughs> anyway yeah uh, let's just kind of get your your stats. You're how old, sir? Oh, I am 51. 
51. So you're catching us. You're getting up close to these old folks Oh, here. yeah, I'm going down the hill uh, uh, as well. So I'm uh, yeah, at the top and climbing down the other side. We're a lot closer <laughs> to the end than we are at the beginning, aren't we? Yes, I guess so. That yeah. we never know, though, of course. Yeah. But And and you're uh, totally blind? Yes, I am. have been all my life due to premature birth. I was a six-and-a-half-month baby. Yeah. And uh, due to the 100% oxygen... It damaged the optic nerve, which yeah. in turn killed the eyesight. So. That was my problem too, Walter. Yes. Well, I was I was premature, but mine was genetic. I had a brother that was also blind. Mine was mine was somewhere in the family, somewhere back years ago. I'm sure there were some other some other blind people. That doesn't stop you from gaining weight. I managed to get fat even after being born at <laughs> six, six um, pounds and something. Yeah, me me the same. Of course, I uh, sort of um, you know, and it, it you know uh, I'm. My grandfather was a bigger guy, and uh, yeah. my uncles on my mom's side of the family, and so I guess I kind of follow in that family's, uh, you know, footsteps on that side, so to speak. What uh, what school did you go to? A school for the blind? Yes, as a I child? did. Went to the New York State School for the Blind in Batavia. In Batavia, and went there yeah. from kindergarten through high school. And how did you find it? Did you enjoy that experience, or was it? Uh... Oh yes, I did, and I think uh, if you want. My honest opinion, the truth, uh, truthfully, there should be schools for the blind uh, still present today, and at least the one in Batavia now, and I guess numerous others throughout the country have become multiple handicapped facilities, and the New York State School for the Blind has become such uh, since uh, '79. Yeah, and um, and I know that a lot of blind. Students who are mainstream today are having a lot of problems, uh, you know, in getting uh, material in a more usable format that is either, um, you know, cassettes or Braille, whatever. And as you well know, um, all of you gentlemen know, I'm sure that um, a lot of these blind students haven't had the same opportunities that we have uh, to, by attending the uh, schools for the blind as we did. Well, learning Braille at an early age. I mean, many that I know are learning Braille at maybe the age of 10 or 12 years years old, and they're missing like maybe seven years roughly of uh, of reading time. Well, this this is for another show. Oh, I, exactly, but I mean, I, just, I don't agree. I'm not a Braille reader, and I don't. I don't. I, Braille is wonderful for labeling CDs. It's sure good for that. Sure, it is. But uh, other than that, I have. I don't see much. I mean, Braille schmail. You know, you got what do you got? You'd have to add a room onto your house to kept every magazine in Braille. Oh, well, that's yeah. true. I mean, that <laughs> come on, that it's a big yeah, cumbersome I don't get slow everything old in Braille, But um, you know, I do read and write Braille, and have done so. Yeah. You know, since of the age of three. That's great. That's great. If it's useful. That's good. Go one, ahead. one thing on your subject, Walter, that I agree with you, like I said, I'm in education. If you've listened to any shows, we've talked about it. But I, the one key experience that I think blind people meet that are mainstream is the fact that they do not get to interact much with other blind people. Exactly the, right. And uh, this is and, what they're missing. And, and they also, as yeah. I mentioned, have trouble, you know, getting materials that they need to, right. to do their education and uh, to complete their education. And that's that's what I feel badly about. And um we didn't have that problem in the schools that you know that all of us attended. I mean, I know I didn't. I'm sure you gentlemen didn't either. And uh, this is what these poor students are missing today. And everybody says it's better now than it was before, but I don't think so. Are you married to a blind lady? No, I am not. My wife is uh, my wife is sighted, and my son is sighted. We have a 12-year-old son. 
Mm-hmm. Way to and, uh, huh. Very good. Uh, we, we, you know, there's nothing wrong with blind people marrying blind no. people. No, oh, I agree. I, I know a lot of couples that are that are both uh, blind, and uh, they get along very well. And they're, you know, there was just the way it turned out. You know, things turned out in my life, but not to say that I would have turned away yeah. you know, a blind lady. Uh, because we, I know we would have done fine. But, but you uh, have to remember, there's such a wonderful selection of those sighted girls. It's uh, yeah, there is. Look, there's so many more to choose from. But anyway, it's uh, certainly warm here today. Uh, and you're a piano tuner and repair person, huh? That's what yes, you I do. am. I'm a pian- I've been a piano uh, tuner since 1970. Whoa. And I learned my trade at the school, of course. And you wouldn't have learned that in the public school now, would you? No, or, no, not, no not at all. No, no. they had to teach you and, that. Um, to you. Yep, had a um, had a great teacher who had uh, approximately uh, sixty years uh-huh. in the piano business and really? taught me. He came to Batavia in sixty nine seventy and taught me uh, the the piano trade and. Uh, uh-huh. And you've been able to make a living doing that. You've been able to support your your family and your habits and yourself doing it. Oh yes, it's uh, the piano business is not. What it you know what it used to be. I mean, as far as yeah, you know, volume of work and a lot of that has to do with the keyboards and the electronics of uh, um, yep. instruments. And also, um, what's taken away from that, in short, is that they have these electronic tuning devices. Yeah, and the sighted people are getting into piano into the piano field that have never gone to school as I did and many of us other you know blind ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're out there doing pianos because they're just watching a digital readout. But if you, you know, expected them to hit a note on the piano and tune it by ear, they wouldn't know where they were. Now, do you use a C temperament? What temperament do you use? Well, I start out with an A fork. With an and A I fork. Use, um, and I do uh, use like thirds and sixths and fourths and fifths in my temperament and go, you know, from the F. Below middle C to the F above middle C, you know, within that octave. So actually, it is a so the F would be a fourth below that A or what? Um, well, it would be a third below the A that I set uh-huh. below middle C. Then I do the the third like F A third, and then uh, you know use it. I'm going up five pins and down six. I got my you. temperament, and it's it's just the way that I learned, and mm-hmm. I can do the other, you know, set the C and go down to yeah. F below and G to G to C and so yeah. on, and sometimes I've used it, but I did the, C to C to above middle C, then C below, and then C to E and E to G sharp, and right. G sharp back to C sharp. Did uh, the two thirds up and a fifth, but anyway, as long as you get an octave set, it doesn't make any difference. You exactly, get one, you, whatever way works yeah. best for you. And uh, that's what my teacher told me, too, even with repairs or anything. He said, I can show you the way that, that I do it or the way that I found to be the best. But he said, there are other ways to do things, and you pick the way that is easiest for you. And that's Well, it had yeah. been years since I tuned a piano, so last time I tuned it, I cheated. I have a set of vibes, oh, and yeah. I, I set the temperament with the vibes. <laughs> Once okay. you get one octave set, you got it made, you know. Oh, sure. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, last hey. time I hired a guy to come and, and do mine, I didn't even... I've got a set of tools, but it's been a long, long time. Do you, do you take actions out of pianos and, and uh, oh, set them I, up on I your... do uh, rebuilding and everything. Yes, I restring. I do um, take actions out of the pianos and put new hammers and whippings and shanks and flanges and butts and, you know, all the new damper felts and damper levers and all yeah. that kind of stuff. In other words, rebuild an action in its entirety if, 
if people are willing to pay for it. Well, that's it, it, the is, problem it is time-consuming and tedious. I mean, it's... Uh, oh, it, it is. It's, um, but it's, it's enjoyable work, and uh, in short, it's much easier to install new parts yeah. Than it is to repair old ones. I bet it is. And oh, I guess yes. if because um, you know then to go ahead and have to repin or uh, uh, you know old parts or re-glue felt and uh, by putting in new let's say in the case of an upright putting in a new set of butts and then gluing in a new set of hammers it's you know it's far easier because you're working with new stuff and you just align everything and uh, have. Uh, we have hammer gluing guides that are that were available and made by blind people years ago. Really? And, um, you know, you use those and um, can either do it, like in the case of an upright, you can do it in the piano or out of the piano. And uh, the grands you have to do on the bench, of course, but uh, it's far better to, to put in new stuff and uh, I think less time-consuming in the long run and less aggravation, that's for sure. I guess a guy who becomes proficient at this could read a book while he was rehammering a piano, couldn't he? Oh, pretty much, yeah. But you need—you kind of need two hands. I'm <laughs> saying you could start your cassette. But in book. essence, you could. Yeah. What yeah. I do is a lot of times is I'll put on a tape and listen to a book or you know a magazine on tape while I'm working uh-huh. away in my you know in my shop doing uh, mm-hmm. action work, and uh, so it you know it I don't become distracted in doing that. So you are right; it yeah. can be done, and I do do that sometimes. You talked about this this drill that you have that you extract pins from pianos when it's time to repin the piano. And my thinking was those pins are close together. How do you get the drill on this? You know, everybody's got a piano can open it and look. They're very close together. How do you get the drill chuck? Or is that the way you do? It? Tell us how you remove how you do that. Oh sure. Okay. Well, through the piano supply houses, there is a special tool that's available. It's got a tuning hammer or a tuning pin uh, tip on it that's normally mm-hmm. screws onto the tuning hammer, which is a wrench. Okay. For those that don't know, that you would use to adjust the tuning pins on the piano, and it's uh, they're, they're square, and the tip fits onto the pin. Well, there's in this, this particular tool, uh, years ago, the, every, a lot of people may know what the, I know you guys do anyways, what the, the bitten brace was. Well, sure. this tool yeah. accommodated the brace years ago. And fit into the chuck. It was a triangular shape at the bottom. Right. Well, this particular tool um, can also fit into the drill, and I would say the overall length is, well, benefit of the doubt. Let's say four inches in length. Well, enough to get you back away from the pins. Yeah, and you can you can put this in the drill chuck, which I do, uh-huh. and uh, tighten it good with the chuck key, and uh, put it onto the tuning pin, and put the you know the drill is in reverse, of course. And you have to hang on to it pretty good because it could turn you around if you let it go, believe me. <laughs> and as you start the drill, you pull up on the drill lightly. And as it's turning the tuning pin backwards, the tuning pin is threaded. And when you pull up, the tuning pin is coming out. And uh, it's a much easier and quicker method of taking out, you know, say 250 <clears throat> tuning pins out of a piano than to crank them out by hand with a tuning hammer. And also by doing it, your, the drill runs much faster than what if you took a tuning hammer and turned them out by hand. And this reduces the the heat and the friction uh, that this pin would create in being turned out at a slower pace. And it doesn't burn uh, the pin block, which is a plank 
uh, a slab of wood that is under the cast iron plate in the piano. And by turning these pins out at a slower speed, this is going to make the, the pin heat up, which is going to oh, it, it burn a, a small amount of wood away inside the mm -hmm. pin hole, which will make the pins even looser. And then when you go to put in a new size, an oversized pin, which is done when you restring, uh, the pin is not going to be quite as good uh, uh, of a fit and uh, mm -hmm. as tight as it should be by uh, doing it by hand. So by using this uh, reversible drill, uh, it turns at a higher speed and reduces the friction, mm -hmm. and the pin comes out much faster than doing it by hand. Well, you've, you've answered two questions for me. See, I never got far enough along. I didn't realize those pins were threaded. Yes. I, I, a, they uh, were... For those that don't know, it's a very fine thread, and they're tapered slightly. So in other words, the farther you drive the tuning pin in, the tighter the pin is going to be if there's room to drive it. And, and also, there's a metal plate there on the outside that shows you where the pin goes. You're not freehanding this. No. That was uh, always another yeah, the question. The cast iron plate yeah. is over the top. Let's <clears throat> say in the case of a grand, okay, grand piano, okay. which is a horizontal for those that don't know. And it's um, the plate is on top, and then the pin block is screwed to the plate underneath, and that's a slab of um, maple. The older pianos were maple, and I think all of them should be today because that seemed to be the best wood, and a lot of people may contradict that, but I found maple to be the best. And uh, it's a, a number of plies or laminations of this wood uh, glued together, and uh, they come in like inch and three-quarters and inch and a half and inch and a quarter, and uh, different pianos have different thicknesses of pin blocks, and, uh, you know, the pins are, the block is drilled, and, you know, the pins are pounded into the pin block when it's supported underneath by what's called a pin block jack. Oh, they are pounded in. They're yes. not screwed in. No, they're, they're, they're pounded in. Uh, you take a punch. It's a tapered punch that fits onto the tuning pin partway, mm -hmm. and then I use a good heavy hammer when I'm stringing. I mean, you know, for putting on one, one or two strings in a home, I'll use a lighter hammer, which I carry, but... Or stringing a piano in its entirety, or putting on a whole section of strings, whatever. And I'm, I have a four-pound uh, uh, sledge that I use. And boy, when you hit something with a four-pound sledge, it's going to move. Oh yes, yeah. that, that'd be it. <laughs> that's, that's a good heavy hammer. Yeah, no kidding. And, and the reason I use that is because you have to do in the long run less pounding, and uh, sure. you know, it gets the pin in where you want to go. Because they do, you know, they are kind of hard to start and get in because they have to be to be tight. I bet. And if you use too light of a hammer, you're going to be standing there all day beating on one tuning pin. Yeah. And uh, it's much quicker if you use well, a heavier wonder, hammer and uh, you get the pin in. And then you put your, well, first off, you make a coil on your uh, on your tuning pin with your piano wire. There's a hole in the pin. Yeah. The wire Thread goes through. There. through yeah. And you wind a coil on your pin, which is uh, two and a half wraps. And then when you put it in the, uh, drive it in the pin block, and you tighten your string, your string goes down to what's called a hitch pin, loops around and comes back up and under the plate and onto another tuning pin. Uh, and it's, of course, stuck through the, uh, the second tuning pin and the coil is wound. Then when you tighten both sides of your string, you know, that is both tuning pins, you should end up with about three to three and a half wraps 
on on the tuning pin. Well, wait a minute. You, you, you forgot the tightening. guide pins that goes through down there at the bottom. Aren't there some little guide pins? Yes, down a there? hitch yeah. pin. It's called. That's what I mentioned. Yeah. yeah, a hitch pin. And the guide pins are at the top on the in the base. Yeah. And right it, below the tuning pins on in the base section of a piano, there's a set of pins that stick out, and they're called guide pins. And they guide the string around to where, because what you're doing is you're going down with yeah. one string and then back up with the other. Yeah. So there's you, you've got two strings, and what you don't want them to do is you don't want the A, of course there's three strings on the A, you don't want one to move the other. You no. want them to be separate. No, because otherwise you'll get vibrations right. if the two strings are, uh, hit together and they won't sound then. Or else they'll buzz if they just touch each other. But you don't want, when you're tuning one, you don't want it to change the pitch of the other string. No, you want exactly. That, yeah. Right. Well, we could uh, we could carry on with this a good while, do a whole thing on piano tuning. And we're, we're fixing to start a new show where we do interviews, where we can spend an hour of time with somebody and talk about these things. Well, that'd and, be wonderful. Uh, I mean, and I could go on like this. I noticed. Oh, yeah, that's neat. I, I, I figured you, you could. But I just got, about, oh, I'm sorry. Doctor. No, go I ahead. just, one question, just one quick question yeah. is here. So I know this from what little piano tuning I, I learned a little bit at school was, boy, it's something that when you're tuning along, boy, and you're pulling a string up, boy, and you and you just hear the big pop. Oh, yes. <laughs> and, and I still hear many of those, let me tell you. <laughs> yeah. In fact, uh, today I was tuning a piano, a grand piano in a, a school auditorium, and I had a uh, number three bass string, and you guys know how thick those mm -hmm. are. Yeah. And those let go, and it flew across the auditorium like a torpedo. I bet you. They come out the back of the grand and just took off across the auditorium. <laughs> I had to have one time. I just told the lady, I don't think I can help you, and left. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Pat. Now, I was just going to say, you might tell us real quick about where, what size area do you live? What part of New York? Oh, okay. I'm in, um, I'm in the western New York area. Um, I am in the uh, Buffalo, a suburb of Buffalo, okay. Lancaster, New York. Okay. And... Uh, uh, Lancaster is oh probably ten miles um, east of Buffalo, mm -hmm. but okay. it's a, it's a suburb of, and um, I do work in the you know Buffalo area in suburbs, and uh, I even go to you know Batavia, which is uh, oh, approximately forty miles e east of here, and uh, you know any place in between, and I've even gone to the Rochester, New York area and done some work which is about 70 miles east of here so i kind of go wherever the work takes me yeah. if somebody will call me and it's worthwhile to go i go uh -huh. well we are we have run out of time however uh, i want to call you and have you on the blind like me show which uh, we'll tell you more about a little later on you've been an interesting guest sir and sounds like uh, sounds like you've adjusted to blindness very well oh yes i have i travel cane and i also use a driver yeah. for my work yeah. uh, who drives my vehicle and that seems to, and then sometimes I use public transportation that is a taxi or, you know, whatever, but find that a driver driving my van it seems to be the best because I can carry a bunch of tools and equipment that I need yeah. in my van. Uh -huh. And uh, that, that's pretty much worked out best for me. Walter, thank you much, and we'll be talking with you in a week or two. Oh, thank you, and I hope right. you guys uh, give me a call off air sometimes, all three of, all four of you, and I would. Uh, Appreciate that. Okay, Walter. Take it easy, Walt. Okay, hey, thanks. Walter, thanks much. I'm back with more of the Blind Handy Man Show in just a moment. Oh, yeah, thank you.
the disappointment of missing a great ACB radio program? Join our announcements list today. Receive email about upcoming programs on all our channels and new features. To join, send a blank email now to announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's announce-subscribe at acbradio.org. Visit our website. Announcements about ACB Radio delivered to you direct and free. Just another way to stay in touch with ACB Radio. Hang out with other ACB Radio listeners. Talk with the hosts. Provide suggestions about the future of ACB Radio. It's all possible through the ACB Radio Friends List. Thank you for being a friend. Log on and sign up now. Send a blank message to friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. That's friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. And thank you for being a friend of ACB Radio. Looking for a place you can talk about ACB Radio programming with friends and other listeners? Then you might want to join our ACB Radio Friends email list. You'll get all the announcement information you'd normally get from our ACB Radio announce list. And you can take part in email discussions with staff and listeners. All you got to do is send a blank email message to friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. Just a blank email message to friends-subscribe at acbradio.org. Keep in touch. ACB Radio, the station that is out of sight. for listening to The Blind Handyman on ACB Radio Mainstream. If you have an idea for a topic or project you would like us to discuss, let us know at our address, blindhandyman at hotmail.com. Now, back to the show with Don Patterson. Well, okay, everybody. Uh, We're back here with you. And uh, all of y'all, you know, have been sort of keeping up with the exploits of uh, myself and the warden. Uh, know that I recently uh, got married. Uh, got married, and uh, we have decided that you know she has a house and I had a house, and so we have both houses for sale so far. We haven't sold any, but tomorrow, in fact, I am going to put uh, some S- some uh, earnest money down on four acres uh, at, that would be, I guess, considered out in the country. It's out of the city of Lufkin, but it's still in Angelina County. In fact, it's about probably four and a half miles from where I live now. He, he meant we are going to put some money down. No, uh, I. I <laughs> she's going to build a house. I'm, I'm buying the land. So oh. That's, so it's I. Oh. And, uh, I'm anyways, glad we cleared that up. I am, too. <laughs> and so, you know, and of course, country living has always kind of been an ambition of mine. And uh, say four acres at my age is probably about all I could take care of, and maybe not even, but... Uh, uh, you're, and there's, you know, good and bad, and so, uh, but, and we've investigated uh, all sorts of things. And of course, one of the things that you have in that far out here is you, you're not going to be tied into a sewer uh, a, nope. of a municipality, and so you have to go <coughs> through a septic system. Right. Well, you know, and a lot of people in under when they're building houses or doing anything. In fact, you know, they complain about the inspectors this and the inspectors that, but. I believe that in this case, the inspectors and the, the new change in policies that have occurred over the years, especially with environmental concerns, has really helped in this 
regard. Yep. You're talking about old septic systems versus the new ones. And because this was actually one one real point of which we were not sure that we wanted to do this. We said, well, we, let's, you know, and I didn't know anything about, I mean, I know old septic systems and I hated them. And if that's what we would have uh, resorted to, we were not going to buy the property. It's a whole different deal now. But anyway, and thank goodness, like I say, for the inspectors in, in Angelina County, and I think most counties probably throughout the United States, you can only put down... I mean, you can you have to put down a certain kind. The old septic systems about where you had the big holding tank, or some people had two, depending on size of the family, and you ran 100 or 200 feet of fill line out. This was a, what four-inch pipe with holes in it that just yeah, yeah perforated pipe. And you always had a wet spot in your yard, yep. foggy ground, yeah, odors. Or the grass grew better. Yeah, yeah. depending on which way. <laughs> yeah, the, that's right. Depending on which way the wind was blowing. And you don't put them by the kitchen. That's right. You don't. No. No, and no, no, then no, no. periodically you had to have them cleaned and all this sort of thing. Oh, they were right. anyway, That's the, over. The new ones now, they have what they call the aerator system, and that's spelled Tom Houston. I had this discussion today, and it's A-E-R-A-T-O-R. And it's just really based on a principle that people have known about for quite some time, like they, they do this in ponds where there's stagnant water. You can force air and have certain kinds of life, you know, or just look at an aquarium. If you want to, you know, rather than just a single fish in a goldfish bowl that you change the water all the time, if you want to maintain the water and, and health for the fish, you put air in it. Yep. Well, in the septic systems, what they do now, and, and, and uh, I think tanks, shapes have changed to where they instead of the round ones they have they're sort of rectangular yeah and i think they come in different you know god i've seen them like 1200 gallons or even 2400 probably any size you would want but for a single family house understand there's two tanks that are put in the ground and then you have you run an airline with a small air compressor about a quarter horsepower motor yep and this is set on on a timer i think where it comes on at certain times and 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 Forces air down into your your first the first tank I guess which would be the sediment tank. Yeah. The, the, and then uh, for the overflow after you've got mostly liquid it goes over into a holding tank. But uh, this air is it, what it does is it creates and I think I'm going to pronounce this right aerobiotic a e r o b i o t i c uh, close enough uh, organisms or uh, bacteria. And in parentheses on the little thing I was reading about, it said these are the good guys. These are the ones that you want. It, it, it helps them with the air. It helps them stay alive and actually multiply. And they, uh, in turn, being living things, they devour or destroy or consume all of the waste material. If you can keep them alive by forcing air into the system. Yeah. And, and it, in other words, they aid in this biodegrading of, of the waste material. Yeah. And, uh, and, and over time, then, as it creates, you know, when you reach certain levels, the, the two components that you have on the system I've already mentioned, one is the air compressor, and the other one is a pump, which you used to not have. I mean, a septic system was strictly gravity-fed. That's right. And you might say potluck, you know, <laughs> as to whether it worked or not. Some yep. did. Well, this you have in conjunction with this air compressor that's forcing air into the, the system to aid in the biodegrading. Uh, you have a compressor that would come on, and it's either I think I mean I'm sorry, a pump that would be regulated by a float or something, as and it would pump water into this other tank, or or water would flow maybe by gravity into this other tank after it's, and also the only thing that you do to care wise is you add 
the uh, chlorine tablets, Don Shaw. I think yep. once a month or something. They have yep. them in a little compartment that you drop them down in. Or when they get low, mm-hmm. yep, you just and, put them in a compartment. And then as your tank, as this water tank, by then it's come over into the second tank. It's going to be all liquids or mostly you that hope. have been purified by these biodegradable uh, organisms. And then periodically as the tank reaches a certain level, it turns on this pump yep. and, and you have a sprinkler system some distance, 100, 150 feet or 200 feet from uh, from your home. From your, your house, house, yeah. And it really just sprays it out into the like a sprinkler system. And it comes on at different times, I guess, the, the, depending on the level. and Just the whenever it needs to, whenever the float gets. And it's it's said that in all the tests I've seen, and, that I, and I read a couple of, about a couple of them on the Internet, because these were put there by companies, uh, you know, kind of touting their products, but it said that all the water that comes out of a system that is working properly actually is below the standards or meets the standards higher than the standards of what you would call regular household drinking water. Uh-huh. Uh, not that you would want to do it because nobody would want to <laughs> yeah. tell anybody that they had a drink of it. But it's actually, and in some places this is great because now some places will, if you have this type of system, they will let you go directly into a stream or a pond. They will let you discharge water from one of these. And in our case, we don't have the stream or pond near us, yeah. but they will let you, you know, just blow up with the sprinkler system. And this works good because in some cases where you have soil that, uh, that has a high water table, you know, and, and the water doesn't drain that well with a field line where it was sort of a constant moisture thing, uh, you know, you, you're going to avoid these soggy spots because with the sprinkler system, a lot of this is going to be just plain evaporated. Oh, sure. In the process. Really evaporate. So, uh, and That's secondly, the way to go. in soils where you have like, uh, it's real rocky where the the runoff from a sewerage system would, would go through the ground quite rapidly and could contaminate a underlying water table. Uh-huh. And so it's eliminated all of this. And uh, the people that I know, we met a man out there close to where we're buying that, and I, that was my first question because I wasn't familiar, and he says his little compressor and pump sits right behind his house. It's on a little pad, yep. like an air conditioner. I've seen and it. He it sure has not is. closed his in of yet. He said he was thinking about it with some kind of vented little house, little yeah. cover. But he said, you, you never know it's there. I mean, if yeah. you stop and think about it coming on, he said it's, it's quiet. quiet. You don't less, hardly hear it. Less quiet than the uh, air conditioner. We've got yeah. one outside the house, and I swear I've never heard it. Yeah, no. they're real quiet. I've never okay. heard it. But they, they may not want you to close it in. You know, you don't, you don't want to close your air conditioning unit in. No, I, I don't mean close. I like, I guess, cover up the Just motors of your little it, compressor, yeah, like yeah. a little, uh, and have them loose. But it's loop quiet. It is. I don't see yeah. it. So where have you encountered one, Don, with... Dale, when they built their new house, they they had to have a new one put in because it was so far from where their old house was. Okay. And of course, you can't use the old systems anymore, so they had to have a whole new one put in. So. Oh, well, our little plan for this one, like I said, we have four acres we're, we're, that we're going to buy, and it's it's really neat shaped uh, because it's it's uh, you have like about 500 feet down one side and about it's and 350 feet across, so it's a rectangular with those dimensions. And to keep up kind of with the, the decor out there, we're going to sort of leave some green spaces, probably 50 feet on each side or at least 25 feet. We're going to maintain the trees, even if they're pine trees. And we're yeah. going to keep a lot of rough area like Phil and Luann here at his place. They have like maybe eight acres, but they have a lot in, that's left to natural. And then they inside around their house close, they have a lawn, a, yeah. you know, just a manicured uh, a lawn. And so if we can get the sprinkler system into one of these like uh, – 
you know, tree line areas. Well, I'm sure you can. I think that's a doable yeah. deal. There's no reason why and you couldn't. That's you what know? we're going to do with ours because at some point, you know, yeah. we, we're going to. I'm going to try to carve out a yard of probably like 150 by 150 to grow, and then we someday maybe hope to put in a pool. But uh, anyway, I thought this was kind of a fascinating system, and I'm kind of convinced that they work real good because had it just been the old septic systems, I think we were going to go to Crown Colony instead. Yeah. So yeah. Well, well, the country, you let know. me ask you this. You're not, get up on your mic. You're, the, how, what's the difference in price? Do you have any idea? Oh, about, big difference. Uh, yeah. Now, you know, you could. Uh, I put my own septic system in Grangerland, yeah. Montgomery County, years ago, and the tank, what? 150, 200 bucks, Don. Yeah. 500 gallon tank. Th this thing is thousands. Of and dollars. I know Dale and 4, them about three years yeah. ago, two years ago, rather. You know, and they're in a different county than we are. But I know they paid like 5,300. So. Yeah, well, Tom, I think said about 4,500. 4, and out here, if the guys who are building the house, yeah. are costing or adding 4,000. Yeah, but yeah. you never have to have the guy come clean it out. You don't. Have you to don't. Clean it. And then that's the initial installation, you know, the plumbing and the digging the hole, because like I saw today, the compressor, some company, you could buy the compressor yeah. for $275. It doesn't, yeah. uh, it doesn't have that foul, you know, odor that you always right. had in the backyard yeah. or right by your bedroom window. You're going, yes, why did they put me in this room? And, and you know, on the right <laughs> you know. side of your house, you go, all right, the kids can play in all of the backyard. They can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't, don't play around here by the septic tank, Elizabeth. You don't know where that, don't pick up that groundhog, baby. You don't know where it's been. Tom Houston. Mark Chrissy is with us today, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, hey, Mark snuck in. He didn't bring us anything to eat or drink, but he came back. quiet, isn't he? But anyway, I guess that's kind of about. What were you going to ask, Tom? Go ahead. No, I was going to tell Tom, you see, the only thing is about the sprinkler system, you just wouldn't want to be taking a walk through your yard, <laughs> eating exactly. your barbecue sandwich, just well, I don't know why you could, along when the sprinkler you could lean down and get a drink on. of water. It's now, clean. If you want to see how quick a dog or a cat can move, let them be down in that part of the yard when it goes off. <laughs> well, Tom, with your, with your experience real quick, how often do you think that... that pump comes on and makes it sprinkle have you just paid any attention i haven't paid a whole lot of attention but I, I do notice it from time to time i say it i'm say it's coming on every couple of three hours okay that's what i would think so i mean next time you're out there reading your lufkin yeah. daily news or something pay attention to those sorts <laughs> it kind of depends <laughs> i think it kind of depends if you're washing clothes or something right. using your, your washer or your dishwasher right. and stuff like that that's, it would depend and on boy that's like something that. i heard about the old systems anyway i don't know about the new ones but you you, you want to split your washing machine at least yeah. Yeah. Off of the in your dishwasher, if you All could. Right. Off we'll of the we'll be back tank. next week, folks. <laughs> we can take up this topic <laughs> Let's again. Let's do one more. We can, we can take up this topic again next week. We'll have an exciting new show to tell you about next week. Thanks, Don, Tom, and Don. Bless your heart. Yeah. For coming to be in with us. We'll see you next week for the Blind Handyman Show. I'm Phil Parr. Remind me, I see. Said the blind man as he picked up his hammer and saw. The Blind Handyman is produced for ACB Radio by Out of Market Productions, 1604 Southwood Drive. Lufkin, Texas. Phone 936 634 9500.